0: My name is Marie Leconte. Welcome to The Bunker. Here's a fun fact for you. We actually booked today's guest several weeks ago, at a time when not much was going on in her party. We just thought it'd be nice to have a chat. The guest in question, if you're wondering, is Mary Black, Deputy Leader of the SNP in the House of Commons. It's fair to say that we now actually have quite a lot to discuss. Hi, Mary.
1: Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Ah, not bad. Not bad.
0: So I actually want to start by talking about the first story I uh, wrote about you in 2015, because I was at the Evening Standard Diary. Right. And you, had done actually quite a fun diary for the Herald on your first week, I think, that in actually, Parliament. Yes,
1: yeah, yes. And you
0: mentioned, and I weirdly remember that still, that you'd had for lunch from the Parliamentary Canteen a piece of toast and some chips. Yeah. And I just have to ask, and I know I'm going to be very French about this and I
1: apologise, but...
0: Do you eat fruit and veg now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have had three grapes today. I have had... No, I do. I do. Yeah, no, it was weird because when we first came down and went into the cafeteria, there was just a lot of things, you know, and I didn't, I couldn't pronounce half of them, never mind know what they are. And then I seen a, a wee plate of chips and I thought, right, I'll just have a wee chip, Sanny. That's safe, <laughs> well, like, you, yeah. That'll do me. will <laughs> do me.
0: Um, so more seriously, you've been deputy leader for about three months now. How's that going?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm enjoying it, <laughs> and I've not heard any complaints yet, so yeah, no, it's, I think it's going well, um, and I think Stephen's doing a brilliant job just now, and um, I think he's his performance at PMQs is definitely resonating with a lot of folk, so yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Excellent.
0: And so only a few years ago, it was revealed that you'd considered standing down for a bit. How did that change of heart come about? Because obviously you decided in the end to not just stay, but actually go for one of the more senior jobs mm-hmm. uh, in the Commons for the SNP. So what what happened
1: there? So this actually always really annoyed me um, because the interview that that came from, what I was asked was, so are you standing again? And my honest answer was, I don't know. I, like, I've, I've not even thought about it. And somehow that was turned into... I'm never going to stand again. So no, I, I think my approach has always been if I think there's a role that I could play and if I could if I think I'm the best person to, you know, do it at that time, then go for it. Mm. Um, but I'm not just going to continually stand because it's good for a career or if it's, you know, just going through the motions. I think folks should think long and hard before each election as to whether they're standing or not. So I, of course I, I felt there's still work to be done. Um, so yeah,
0: that makes sense. I, I like the now. idea of you keeping like your association on their toes. Just like what? <laughs> <"Whoa." laughs> yeah, sure. fine. Go
1: on. I'm go not on. sure they would agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I'm I maybe too honest <laughs> when it comes to interviews. <laughs> well, actually, on,
0: on that precise topic, yeah. uh, you've been very vocal about your dislike of Parliament in the past. Yeah. Uh, what's something you're just still not used to eight years on?
1: Uh, voting, to tell you the truth, um, I think the entire process is just insane. You know when you see literally hundreds of people squeezing themselves through this little lobby for eight minutes, that then gets shut by a man in tailcoats shouting, "Lock in, lock the doors." It's just it's bizarre. And especially, I mean, the thing that had salt on the wind for me was that we were always told, you know, we would push, try and modernise voting a little bit. The thing that we always got told was, it's just not practical, you'll never be able to do it. And then COVID happened and literally overnight (laughs) they were able to install like televisions, they were able to install electronic voting. There was a point where I was able to vote from my phone, which was fantastic <laughs> and then of course the the minute they, they wanted everything to open back up again they just went even though we've spent millions on this stuff we'll just rip it all out and go back to the old-fashioned way
0: it was what i find really interesting is that i've spoken to so many mps since then who are like i really enjoyed it i am yet to speak to think one member of parliament who said actually i'm very happy you know for whatever reason to be back into the lobby yep. so there's such a weird individual thing i think you guys as a Party, you've talked about it. Labour a bit, but not too much. But yeah. but still, I, I'm sure that if you pulled them all, like individual, all you guys individually, Mm-mm. it'd probably come back. But because there's no great impetus Do from know, the the um, only
1: person truly that I have ever heard say that they like it is Jacob Rees-Mogg, and the reason he gave for it was it means that you can you know you can corner government ministers and you can demand things. And I was like, right, well... At a start, you need to be in the same lobby as the government minister, which doesn't happen that often for me anyway. And second of all, have you heard of a phone? Mm. (laughs) I've got one in my office, Jacob, and it works. You don't need to corner people. Yeah,
0: but isn't it as well? And I worry we're getting slightly off topic. This is one of my pet. Uh, mm-hmm. Subjects because I think that works quite well internally for Labour and the Tories because they're massive parliamentary parties. And actually, yeah. if you do need to corner someone, that is probably the easiest way to do it. But mm-hmm. yeah, for example, yeah, for you guys or for the Lib Dems or whoever else, like there's no doubt, like, you're not winning anything from this. Yep. So, yeah, like, badly targeted arguments. If, if, um, you're,
1: if you're in a democracy and you can't get a reply from a minister, then your democracy is not that very good, or your minister's not that very good, you know. It's, it's a not unreasonable point you're yes. making. <laughs>
0: Um, but so actually on the other side, like, is there anything you've actually come to appreciate about working in
1: the palace or the palace in general? This is going to sound really cheesy, right? But as the honest truth is the staff, I think they are amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, at least you, Christ, we get a, a pretty decent wage um, considering mm. the, the hours and stuff that we work. Well, the staff work the same hours, if not longer, for much less. And they keep things ticking constantly. I and mean, when you think of how chaotic politics has been in the last few years, in fact, since I got elected, to mm. tell you the truth. Are you saying you're the problem? <laughs> <laughs> you <agree to> <laughs> <things>. <laughs> I've, I've only now made that connection. <laughs> um, no, but s- since then, it's constantly things have been fluctuating and you know who's going to be Prime Minister next week and yet throughout this entire time the lights have all been on we've all been fed, we've all been looked after, It's I do I think they do a tremendous job especially given that I don't think all MPs appreciate that and appreciate them even on a day to day basis mm. um, so no I do I think the staff mm. are definitely the highlight for me
0: yeah, that's very fair. So looking back actually on the point you were elected at the age of only 20, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't!
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah,
0: yeah. Getting hot and cold here on the whole parliamentary career. I just
1: <laughs> no, um, what would my advice be, Jings? I don't know, actually, to tell you the truth. Probably just keep your chin up, you know, because I think... Mm. And to be fair, I think I've done no bad at doing that. I just, I, like, I remember... The first sort of really hard-hitting thing was the Syria vote. It was on airstrikes. And that was just a horrible, horrible night. Um, and even just on a human level, it was horrible. So I, I would probably say be ready for stuff like that happening, mm. but you pick yourself up again. But yeah, no, I, I, I do. Even when I reflect now, I think I've... I I'm pretty, yeah, you've done a decent job. I think I've done job. all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't say so myself. <laughs>
0: So, again, looking back, how like, how do you feel now about having spent nearly all your 20s in Parliament? Yeah. So, I spoke to Louise Haig recently, who was also elected in her 20s, but a bit older than you. Mm. And she says now, she's like, you know, obviously I'm happy I am where I am today, but looking back, I'm not sure that was the best choice for me to, you know, yeah. not lose exactly, but I guess spend some of those years mm-hmm. uh, in Parliament and not being a normal young person. Like, do you have sympathy for that at all? Or?
1: Well, yes, yes, I do. Um, but just me personally, I, I don't think it was that big a deal because because we'd had the Scottish independence referendum I had already been like actively living and breathing politics every day for about two years before the referendum even Mm. happened and then after that there was I think it was about six months where I just thought oh no we've not put in all this work just to be told to go back in our box right Um, let's keep at this and then enough people were encouraging me and giving me good arguments for why I should stand and I thought, do you know what, right, let's Mm. put our name in and see how far we get (laughs) You never know normal Basically Um, um, and I remember saying to folk at the time look, the the things that they're alluding to me missing out on is presumably, you know, just getting bevied and dancing on tables and all sorts Um, and I mean, that has still happened (laughs) but I just make sure I'm in (laughs) good mm. company when it happens Uh, and I think that would be the same, like, even if you know, at 20, if I'd gone into teaching, mm. I still would, wouldn't have been able to, you know, yeah. be wild, so to speak. So I, in many ways, I didn't see it as being that much different. Mm. Um In other aspects, it was very different. Like, I remember uh, going out for a 21st birthday, not long after my maiden speech, actually, and they had a big screen and projector up where you could, like, tweet the club to get, you mm. know, the requests or whatever. And I mean, some the, the club actually put up themselves... Uh, A free drink for everybody who can get a picture with Mary Black. Oh, God. I was like, Jesus God. And uh, my best mate, he was also uh, working in the office at the Mm -hmm. time. So he was like my childminder, essentially. So I remember the two of us standing, holding each other's (laughs) faces, going, right, sober faces, sober faces, (laughs) sober faces. I'm going to go talk to the manager. Sober mm-hmm. faces, we've got this, we can do this. <laughs> and to be fair to you, you know, we did. We just spoke to him and I we went, aye, sorry. That, uh, we shouldn't have put that up there.
0: Yeah, no, that's um, quite a fun memory as well. I guess. it.
1: it, it yeah. Just weird stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh.
0: The main thing, so I remember chatting to another MP, he said that the main thing for him was that he's now the designated speech giver in like any social situation. <laughs> They're like, we know it's your fucking job. So like, if I find you do I, this, you, and he sort of hates it. I am the
1: exact opposite now. If oh. there's anywhere out with politics that you need to make a wee speech or anything, I'm like, no. My treat <laughs> for the day is that I'm shutting up. <laughs> You're all sick of the sound of my voice. <laughs> it's cool. Gee's all arrested the there.
0: But so, like, on to more recent news. So, how, yeah. how did you feel when you saw that Nicola Sturgeon was standing down,
1: and did you see it coming at all? I mean, to an extent, yes. Um, I'm actually, I I, I was always giving her credit for keeping going as much as she has, because given some of the stuff that she's had to put up with and has went through, you know, the pandemic apart from anything else, I thought, she must be knackered, (laughs) you know? Like, even just on a human level, you must be. So in that sense, you know, we all knew eventually it it would come to an end, but, I mean, it does not change the fact that it's (laughs) gotten, you know? She's... I still think she's head and shoulders above pretty much any politician in the UK, probably Europe, actually. I think she's a really fantastic performer and a fantastic speaker, and she can, she understands, you know, normal people's lives, even though she's not been living a normal life herself, you know, being in politics for so long. So, yeah, no, it was sort of bittersweet in many ways. I thought, good on you, looking after yourself and your health and everything, but also... Gun. <laughs> yeah, that's fair, and yeah. it was
0: quite striking, I think, for it to happen not long after Jacinda son yeah. did quite a similar thing. And it yeah. feels, yeah, qu- quite gendered, maybe, of saying, actually, you know what?
1: Like, I, I can't do
0: this anymore, mm-hmm. and like, it's not should not be seen as a failure. Yeah, um, totally.
1: It's, uh, and I actually think that's a credit to both of them, as I, I'm not convinced that you would hear a man admitting that um, or even saying that mm. out loud, uh, or even considering it. <laughs> to tell you the truth, um, so no, I do. I think. Fair player, you know, she's she's done a hard shift, put it that way. <laughs> she deserves a rest. <laughs> she
0: does. Um, so something I've always been interested in is the relationship between West, Westminster SNP MPs and what goes on in Holyrood and Butte House. So on a practical level, how much contact did you have with Nicola and with the leadership team up in Edinburgh?
1: It, it depends on what's going on, it, it, you know, because there's times where like Westminster just moves so fast that you don't necessarily have the time to... Or, or the ability to get on a plane, go back up to Scotland, have a meeting, come back down and vote in time. So it, it would, it would de- depend on what the business is, but no, I've, I've had plenty of comments. In fact, I was talking to her yesterday, to tell you the truth. Mm. Um, so it, it, but it's also, it goes beyond just who the leader is or who the First Minister is. You know, It's, it's about making sure that we're in touch with the MSPs as well. Um, and I think we all naturally do that. And when we're in and about our constituencies, you know, you even if you even if you didn't want to, you would have to, you know, engage with your MSP. So no, I think there's healthy communication there. Um, I think you know, like all things, there's probably room for improvement, but definitely no complaints.
0: That's, yeah. Um, and so like, on a trickier note, I think most people agree, as you said, that Nicola Sturgeon is a remarkable politician, mm-hmm. whether you agree with her or not. Um, and I think the past few years arguably created quite an ideal environment for Scottish independence with the, you know, Brexit chaos and the general Tory chaos, etc. So if she didn't manage to shift the polls decisively in favour of independence in her mm-hmm. time, do you think it can really be done anytime soon by someone else?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I... I... I have no doubt that Scotland will be independent. It's just a matter of when it happens. Um, and I think that because all logical arguments point to independence. Like, it's why I believe in independence. I'm not from a naturally, you know, SNP background, or my, certainly my family wasn't. But we have been swung round to recognise, and actually if we had the full powers of a normal country, we wouldn't have to endure so much of the crap that we get from governments in Westminster that we actually haven't voted for since 1955, I think. We've not voted Conservative. So I I do, I think, the the case for independence speaks for itself. It's just about giving people the confidence to be able to take that step, because it's a scary thing, you know, to think my entire life might be up in the air because of some big constitutional thing. But I would argue... Well, it's already happened with Brexit and you didn't get much of a say in that. Um, So at least if we were independent, not only would you get governments and policies that you vote for, but if those governments then start to let you down, you can get shot at them, which is something Scotland has not experienced for many, many a decade. Mm.
0: But so, but it still feels like something we need to shift, right? Because arguably, mm. and as you pointed out, you know, Scotland, not a massive fan of the Conservative Party, especially at the moment. It seems quite likely that the Labour Party will win a majority of the next election. We don't know how big yet, but, mm-hmm. you know, that seems quite likely. And again, you know, whoever wins the Contest that's happening at the moment, we'll get to in a moment, uh, is currently quite untested. or at least you know as yeah. uh, more untested, I suppose than Nicola Sturgeon because that bar is very high. So again, like, what you know, what was the magical thing here? Like, what what's there? Was the shift?
1: I think it's it's partly through people like I, as independent supporters, talking to the undecideds and even no voters, trying to appreciate where they are just now. You know what kind of things. Interest them and affect them. But I think it's also a case of just continually highlighting how Westminster is A, failing us, and B, if you actually broaden your international outlook, there are plenty of examples of what Scotland could be like. You know, particularly when it comes to Nordic countries, for example, they are population wise. Similar, they are geographically similar, and yet they are not destitute. And if anything, they actually have thriving economies. And your point about Tory and Labour, I think the thing that people have, I think a lot of undecideds have yet to recognise or fully appreciate, is just what little difference there is between the Labour Party and the Tory Party now, and particularly when it comes to things like immigration to Brexit. And even I would argue even when it comes to social security and stuff, I, I think Labour could be s- and should be so much stronger than they are being. So that that's ultimately where, again, I've ended up on the independence side of things. Because it's funny, because I, I always say to folk, the parties that have the most to gain from Scottish independence are Tory and Labour, because the Conservatives can cut off that kind of toxic sort of Thatcher memory, and they can rebrand themselves. Because there are Conservative voters in Scotland, the Labour Party equally could cut itself off from having to answer to London and having to keep on board with what is a very tailored message to the south of England. They would have a chance to be a genuine, you know, Scottish Labour party. And really give us a run for our money. And arguably, the SNP, if we achieve independence, it's served its purpose, you know? So I, I do think that even just for um, democracy sense, I think independence is the healthiest option. And, and if I was in the Labour Party, I'd be arguing the same.
0: So, actually like speaking of the future, so could you tell us a bit about why you're backing Hamza Yasser for yeah, sure. uh,
1: leadership of the SNP? Um, I think, well, first off, I think he's got the best plans um, you know the the sort of policies that he's talking about. I think he's absolutely right in his focus, um, and I also think he is an energetic for a politician, young man <laughs> uh, who has come from a minority himself. You know, and being someone who is also in a minority, I, I have no doubt on his determination to keep sort of progressive politics to the forefront, and I think that's exactly what we as a party should be doing, and I think it's also what Scotland actually needs as well. Mm.
0: So sort of on this topic, actually, you recently posted quite a punchy thread, it's fair to say, about leadership mm-hmm. candidate Kate Forbes and the fact that she's against abortion and same-sex marriage. What, like, what made you decide to stick your head above the parapet on this?
1: Um, so I sat on it for a couple of days, um, and honestly, because I was so hurt, um and I was really feeling it. And uh, you know, I, I don't know about if everyone's like this, but certainly myself. When I'm feeling things that strongly, I need a bit of time to be able to articulate it properly. Um and that's it. I, I thought I, I'm gonna articulate this because if I'm feeling it as hard as I am, God only knows what our members are feeling like, and even more broadly, people across Scotland what they must be feeling. Um so yeah, no, I thought it was important to get out there. Look, there are different viewpoints, and I've been really affected by what you've said, um, and I, I think it was damaging. Uh, you know, I've made no, you know, secret of that. Um, so ultimately, yeah, that, that's that's why I, f- I felt a bit of a responsibility to say something. You know, and let people know that they're not alone in feeling that hurt. Mm.
0: So it wasn't the first time something like this happened, because I know you've disagreed before with uh, fellow SNP MP Joanna Cherry about drag queens. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think the party is so split on social issues specifically?
1: I honestly don't think we are. Uh, and I know, <laughs> I know that makes... That's a bold I claim. know, I know. Yeah. But split uh, gives the impression that it's right down the middle, whereas mm. I don't think so. I think the vast majority of our party are progressive, and they... they they I, I think along the same lines as myself, to, to tell you the truth. Especially when it comes to you know, trying to educate people and trying to enhance folks' rights. Um, I, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. So a, a split, as I say that, emphasis, that sort of gives the impression that it's you know an equal 50-50, Whereas I don't. But in saying that, I also one of the things that I do like about the SNP is that were able to debate with ourselves at times. Now, arguably, you know, you can say maybe you could get better at it or do it <laughs> less public or whatever the criticism may be. But ultimately, I actually think it's quite healthy, you know, to be able to debate things and hear different points of view, especially because politics can become so tribal. I think it's good to have to reflect on the points that you're making and the arguments you're making. Mm. Um, So it it comes with its pros and cons.
0: Yeah, because I feel like that being said, and especially with the point you have made about the split not really being an equal split um, in any sense, what what would happen if Kate Forbes were to win actually the leadership? Would you be worried actually about the party splitting, uh, ironically, or do you think it could find a way forward?
1: I mean, honestly, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know, to tell you the truth, that it's very much a wait and see mm. what happens but again I, I i wouldn't even want to risk that that's why i'm mm. i'm back in humza because I, I do i think he's the the best person to be able to band folk together again and to continue that successful journey which i think Nicola sturgeon has led us on you know and, and back to your point about if Nicola couldn't win folk over then how's anybody else going to well I remember a time when this thought of us getting even close to fifty percent in support of independence was a pipe dream, you know, it was a fantasy. And it's because of each person playing their part and trying to build this case over literally generations that I think lasting change happens. Um, so yeah, this this is just to be awkward in between moment until we get into the mm. you know, that next building blocks, so to speak
0: and yeah i guess on, on a slightly shorter time frame we've got an election coming probably in about a year and a half what are your go- goals hopes and dreams uh for the snp between now and then <laughs> sort of, both in westminster and in hollywood
1: oh, if we're talking dreams it would be to be independent tomorrow <laughs> okay so maybe goals and hopes i think that i originally wrote goals and hopes and i was like you know what let's go the full yeah yep. um goals uh, and hopes <laughs> goals Honestly I think keeping doing what we're doing You know mm. I, I think we've got a really strong team Particularly in Westminster I think Stevens, uh, As I said to you I think before mm. We were rolling or maybe during uh, I think he's doing a fantastic job um, And I think he's really keeping Particularly the, the Tories And actually the Labour Party on their toes So yeah more of the same I think would be pretty mm. good
0: Cool. And finally, will you be standing again?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait until we see the election getting cold and then I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. (laughs) Oh, they must love you.
0: (laughs) Well, that was a really interesting chat. Mary Black, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can back us on Patreon so we can keep making them. There's a link in the show notes or just search Bunker Patreon podcast. For as little as £3 a month, you'll get access to episodes early and without adverts, as well as exclusive merchandise offers. I'm Marie LeConte, and you were listening to The Bunker. The Bunker Daily was written and presented by Marie LeConte. The producers were Kasia Tomashevich and Alex Rees. The lead producer was Jacob Jarvis, with audio production by me, Jade Bailey, The group editor is Andrew Harrison. With music by Kenny Dickinson and artwork by James Parrott, The Bunker is a Podmasters production.